Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Monday, October 7th, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Um, no intro today. Just doesn't feel like an intro day, does it? Just didn't want to play the fiery, get all excited intro. Uh, just didn't feel like it. So no intro today. What we are doing today is uh, talking about that game, talking about um, some specifics of the game, but I want to talk about where Michigan State is, what this team is, what is limiting them, where they could be, where they should be, and just sort of take a big wide-angle look at where everything is right now. I think that will be instructive to do that. So we'll do that for the first couple of segments. Segment three, I will have your voicemails. I got a few of them here that I'm going to play and then just uh, give my thoughts on those as well. Full um, full disclosure here, I just recorded this entire first segment and for whatever reason, it recorded through some different channel and it sounded absolutely terrible and I am legitimately mad that it happened. So a little heated right now, so I'm going to have to re-record this entire segment and I thought I had a really good one already recorded. Now I have to redo it again, and I'm sure it won't be nearly as good. So, fired up about that. It's been a great start to the show. I feel like I am a Michigan State coach. That was a low blow. That was, that was you know what? It wasn't a low blow. Um, <laughs> we all deserve it. Uh, all right. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about this team. Okay, so I wanted to start this way because I think after the loss to Ohio State, there was just a, a, a wide variety of reactions, right? People flying off the edge, people saying, yeah, whatever, people firing D'Antonio, people, what, like, the, the entire spectrum, we ran the whole gamut, and it was, a, I think, a a tough night <laughs> for MSU Twitter. And it always happens. There's infighting. Everyone starts getting mad at everyone else. And it just um, sometimes becomes unenjoyable, but I don't, it wasn't terrible or anything like that, but I think there's just a lot of frustration. I'll put it that way. A lot of frustration. And uh, I think it's understandable. And so I wanted to talk about what this team is empirically and offer some opinion based on that. And just what they have in front of them moving forward, what they are, what they should be, and where they're coming up short. So that's kind of why I'm doing it this way. And I want to start with Michigan State's uh, SP Plus rating. SP Plus is uh, an efficiency, a forward-looking efficiency measure that I believe in a lot. It is very accurate. It has proven out over years to just be very, very good, better than you know, gambling experts at picking against the spread are as good as gambling experts at picking against the spread. It is just a great way to measure football teams, in my humble opinion. So um, right now, Michigan State is the number 18 team in SP+. They have the number six defense. They have the number 56 offense and the number 75 special teams. Um, that special teams number, we could do a, a whole show on that because it is just disappointingly low based on the specialists they have, who they brought back, and just how that's played out. Field goal kicking obviously has been a disaster. The punt coverage has gotten better, but return game isn't offering much, and it's just it's been disappointing there. Defense kind of right in where it feels like they should be. 
Uh, we'll talk more about the defense because I think um, they're taking some unnecessary heat. There's some stuff that they deserve some heat. A um, little bit of unnecessary stuff, and it's still one of the best defenses in the country. Um, at least it, it projects to continue to be. We'll see how things play out, but I still have confidence in them. And the offense is kind of right where I thought they'd be. I think they finished the year between 40 and 50, somewhere in that spot. I think they have games where they score into the 30s with ease, and I think they have games like they had Saturday where uh, if they're sloppy, unorganized, messy against a really good defense, they're only going to get 10 points. They were making plays that suggest they could have scored much more than 10, but that's the kind of offense they are. They're kind of, you know, they're, they're above average, they're, they're decent, they can do some things, but they can also be stopped completely in their tracks if they're not on their A game. And so what you've got there is a, a, a snapshot that suggests Michigan State is a pretty good football team. Number 18, uh, again, this is a forward-looking thing. They just lost to the number two team. They play, I think, number eight and number nine their next two games. Uh, and Michigan, I think, is like 17th, so they've got number 17 on there as well. Um, and they are in a spot where I think where they, un- they, they overachieved a lot. From 2010 to 2015, Michigan State would be kind of ranked 12 to 15 in a lot of these uh, years, kind of right in that sort of region. But they would uh, overachieve a little bit and end up with the resume of a top five or so team. They would have the ability of a top 15 team, but they would end up as a top five team because whether it's trouble with the snap or the the Ohio State game in 2015, um, you know, a little bit of good fortune there, 2013, um, the offense kind of coming to life late, like first half of the season, there was no offense. Second half of the season, the offense played a lot better and they were able to get through that first portion of the season. The schedule broke nice for them. And by time they needed to be a good team, they were then a really good team. So a lot of Michigan State teams overachieved relative to how good they were, the talent level, recruiting level, and that's nothing groundbreaking there. What sort of happened the last four years is Michigan State has underachieved in a lot of ways relative to what the advanced numbers suggest they should be. And some of that is luck. You know, the 2015 season had a lot of good luck, and the 2016 season immediately thereafter had a lot of terrible luck. Those things happen. But this isn't a year-to-year thing. This is now over a four-year sample size where you've got a Michigan State team that is a top 15 to 20-ish team in terms of the actual product they put on the field, and they end up with a resume of a number 30 ranked team, right? And the Arizona State game is a perfect example of that because you outgain them by a huge margin, you have a good yards per play, you're moving the ball, and then mental errors, coaching decisions, special teams mistakes, run down the entire list, and you end up losing to a team that you have no business losing to. And that has been happening far too often the last handful of years. And with a game like Saturday night's game, Michigan State had to bring their A game to win that game. Now, it didn't have to be like Michigan State needs an A game. Ohio State has to have a D-plus game for Michigan State to win. You saw that game. I think I'm not crazy out of line saying this, that the talent discrepancy between those two teams 
is probably smaller than we all thought going into that game. Yes, there is one. Absolutely. We don't have it. Michigan State doesn't have a Chase Young. <laughs> like they just don't, okay? They don't have a Justin Fields type just specimen. Just someone who is, yeah, for sure. He's a guy. We can all see it. It's obvious. They just don't have that maybe high-end stuff. But the talent gap isn't that huge. It's there, but it's not that huge. It's certainly, certainly not 24 points huge. That is out of the question. Um, And what's disappointing is if Michigan State plays an A game and Ohio State plays a B-ish game, which I, I thought Ohio State played really well, so credit them. But if Ohio State stumbles a little bit, has some mistakes, and plays a B B minus game, and Ohio or Michigan State can bring an A game, that's a that's a game Michigan State can absolutely be within a score, having a chance to win late in the game. But they didn't have anywhere near an A game. They brought to the toughest game on their entire schedule, the biggest test they are going to face, a C game, and it feels like after. Uh, seven years, five, seven years, whatever it is, of them always showing up to their biggest games with their best efforts. Feels like that has started to slip the last few years. Uh, it feels like Michigan State, the the Cousins and the Cook era, would show up to a big game and at worst bring with them a, a B-plus level type game. And now they are seemingly consistently bringing in C games to these massive events, these massive games, this game, the Arizona State game, the Ohio State games, the last few years, the Michigan game last year, and I know they're banged up and a lot of things were against them at different times last year, um, but just not, they, they don't, they always, you could always count on a D'Antonio team to punch above its weight. You could really, you could count on them to punch above their weight and be in games that they shouldn't have been in. And it just hasn't been happening as consistently, I would say. It happens sometimes. Um, you can maybe look at the Penn State game last year as an example of that. It, it still happens sometimes. But it seems like it's just not happening at the consistent level that it used to. And what you get is a team that used to be known for overachieving is now underachieving. And instead of 11 win seasons they're getting eight, nine win seasons, right? It's a nine, 10 win type team. They would get you to 11. Once in a while, they'd get you to 12. Now they're getting you seven, eight, nine, instead of 10, 11, 12. And when you recruit the way Michigan State does at the level they do, your margins shrink. You have to be that much better on games in terms of mental stuff. You have to be cleaner, mistake-free, and Michigan State just hasn't been able to consistently do that, especially in big games the last few years. And that's, I think, the crux of the frustration because we can all see that the ceiling is higher. We can see these plays and we're like, wow, that was an incredible play. That was an incredible series. That was an incredible quarter. This team has moments of greatness, and there are just too many moments of subpar play mixed in right now. And I think that's what's frustrating. It's easier to swallow just having a bad team, a team that maybe can't compete. Uh, I always turn to that 2014 Ohio State game 
Uh, not that Michigan State was bad by any stretch, but Michigan State played well in that game, and Ohio State just was better. They were just flat better in that game, and you can look at that and be like, you know what? We threw them a pretty good pitch. They hit it out of the park. Tip your cap. They're really good. And that's easier to live with than going and stumbling all over yourself, fumbling a speed option pitch, fumbling a first catch of the game, having bad drops, having terrible penalties, and getting beat soundly by a team that you had, like not even giving yourself a chance to compete, not even giving yourself a chance to see how do you truly stack up. And when it's week one or week two, when it happens over a season, it's easy to brush off as that was an anomaly. They'll get better. Week one, week two, we can clean up on that. When we clean up on that, there's something here. But it's been three or four years. It's week six. That type of stuff is becoming a, instead of, it's becoming the norm instead of an outlier. It is, it's not a defect anymore. It is a a characteristic. And that is probably the most discouraging thing uh, about Michigan State football as we sort of look into the future right now. Okay, it's not all doom and gloom. I'll talk about some things why it's not, but um, we'll talk about some other things that aren't so great still uh, moving forward. Just going to kind of continue on with this, uh, this type of discussion here, and then we'll get to voicemails in the third segment. But first, a word from Roman. Guys, talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. Usually guys just brush it off or they blame things like, I don't know, I just long day at work. I got a headache. I'm just not feeling it. Whatever excuse you have isn't going to cut it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe you real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. You work with an actual doctor to find the best treatment plan. Yeah, a treatment plan. Imagine that. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward. It's simple, discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to Roman. Just go to, excuse me, just go to GetRoman.com slash locked. That's GetRoman.com slash locked. And you complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash locked. For a free visit, one more time, GetRoman.com slash locked. All right. Welcome back to Locked On Spartans. Okay, so all that stuff I just talked about, all of that, the frustrations of it, the mistakes, the 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 mental mistakes, the play calls, whatever you want to call it, all the, the bad things that have seemingly been happening, the pre-snap penalties, the things that are under Michigan State's control that haven't been going well. What does that all mean? Where does it come from and what does it mean on moving forward? I think from a certain standpoint, you have to, just have to question coaching and not game day coaching, but practice coaching. Um, When a player like Daryl Stewart, for example, who is consistently getting open, is a playmaker, is a dynamic ball carrier when he's got the ball in his hands, when he is consistently 
dropping passes because either his hands aren't properly together and proper technique, or he's not fully looking the ball in, which is honestly what happens if you go and watch Daryl Stewart's drops. That's what happens. The ball just goes straight through his hands or he's looking to get upfield. Those are coaching things. That is something that has to be coached out of a player. Daryl Stewart has great hands. We know that. He makes some ridiculous catches. He's got big, strong hands and makes amazing catches. Felton Davis was the exact same way. And yet they would have these uncharacteristic, or not even uncharacteristic, these bad drops. And with something like that, that comes back to coaching. Why aren't they going up to catch the ball with proper technique? Why is Daryl Stewart timing it and collapsing in on the ball instead of having his hands together receiving the ball? You, you saw the slow-mo replay. Um, if you haven't, I'll tweet it out at Will underscore underscore Hunter 1L2 underscores on Twitter. That is a coaching thing. When the offensive line has a play where two tackles are trap blocking into each other, only one guy's supposed to be doing it, but they're both doing it. Why is that happening? That is a coaching error. That has to be that that has to be coached out of them. They can't go into a play and both think they're running into each other. That comes from coaching. Why is Brian Lewerke? For as good as he played Saturday, getting a little bit of pressure, having someone come wide open, losing all of his footwork and floating a ball high to a wide open receiver that would have been a touchdown. And this isn't a one-off thing with him. And I don't believe it's something that it's just he's oh, he's bad at it. He's not bad at it. The kid makes some of the best throws you'll see in college football. He had like two freaking two or three throws that are like, yeah, there's like a handful of guys that can that make that throw with that accuracy and that timing and that arm strength and that like he makes some big time throws. Brian Lewerke can throw the ball. Why does his footwork fall apart sometimes? Why isn't he coached better to break out of that? And it's just a million different things like that. Why is Eli Collins not in proper pitch relation? Why is Brian Lewerke pitching the ball on that speed option, despite it being a bad call. Like Eli Collins is a yard too close to Brian Lewerke. Brian Lewerke isn't using good form on the pitch. He's not pitching it really appropriately in that spot. That stuff comes down to coaching. Mental mistakes. I don't think, unless Michigan State for the last four years has been recruiting just the dumbest people they can find to play football, I'm not going to put mental mistakes all on the players. Sure, some of them definitely are. But at some point, coaching has to overcome that. Coaching has to, you have to be able to coach out things like looking away from the ball and trying to turn upfield before you catch it. That's what, that's what good coaching does. It takes things like that, simple mistakes that are happening and you get rid of them because that has nothing to do with Daryl Stewart's ability. Daryl Stewart can catch a billion balls in a row. Yet in a game. He runs into this issue where the ball goes through his hands. And that is something that has, it's not going to at this point, maybe it will in the pros, um, but stuff like that has to get coached out. And it, it happens at, I just threw like four or five examples out of there. It happens with all the position groups on the entire team. And I just, it, it's frustrating because it seems like stuff like that never used to happen at the rate it is now. 
And I don't have any idea if practicing, they're practicing different these days. If coaches are mailing it in, I, I don't think they are. I just, I don't know what, I, I don't know what is causing it. And that's what's frustrating. And so when you see it week in and week out, when you have consistent issues like pre-snap penalties, like missed assignments on blocking um, that just keep cropping up, you have to question the coaching. And that's not to say that the coaches are bad, but they're not doing a good enough job right now. I think Michigan State has fine coaching overall. I think defensively they coach a great scheme. They do a really good job teaching different things, how to run certain things. I think offensively they've gotten better in terms of being creative and running um, things to accentuate the skills of their the skill sets of their players, and they've done a better job game planning, designing route combinations. Like it's been a lot better this year, but just this the the mental mistakes persisting like that lead me to believe that the players aren't being coached well enough, and that's um, that's just it's tough to to sort of have that and like be like well I guess this is just what this team is going to be right like I week one and week two I still felt even going to the Arizona State game I was like you know what these are fixable mistakes they can clean this stuff up when they clean this stuff up they're really going to have something here and now after week six I just I can't have that confidence that they're going to clean it up you know it's just at some point you got to be like, well, I guess this is what Michigan State is. They're a good team. They've got talent on both sides of the ball. They do some really good things, but they are going to have mental mistakes. They're going to have unforced errors, and they are going to provide their opponents more opportunities than they should to beat them. And when you play really good teams like Ohio State, you're not going to win. And when you play good teams like Wisconsin and Penn State, it's going to be tough to win. Michigan State, like if you could guarantee me Michigan State would play a clean game against Wisconsin, I probably think they could beat them. But you can't guarantee me anything near that right now. And I think that's the frustrating part. Still think they win a bunch of games this year. You know, they they get one of two against Wisconsin or Penn State. Maybe they get both. They can win all the rest of their games on their schedule, no problem. They can finish 9-3 and three this year. That's not crazy. I don't think that's out of the... Out of, line to say anything like that. And if they win their bowl game, they go 10 and three, but I think it'll be a disappointing 10 and three, given that they're not getting beat. They're really beating themselves a lot. And that's, uh, that makes it harder to, uh, to accept. All right. Take a break here just for a second. When we get back your voicemails, vivid seats, not a full ad, but just, you know, keep vivid seats in mind. And when you want to make a memory that lasts a lifetime, get to the vivid seats app, Use promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Okay, let's uh, let's jump right into these voicemails. Just a note, I've got four here. I didn't really have time for like all of them. Um, I kind of edited down for length of call um, on all of them, so just don't be mad that your call got edited out a little bit. Um, I got the crux of the message that I think you wanted to get out there in the voicemail. And then I will respond after each one. So let's play our first voicemail here. Yeah, this is Alex calling from Los Angeles. What a just disappointing game from the defense. You know, I, it's just from the team. 
you know, I I, I, I didn't think we were going to win. You know, I, I thought, you know, 14, maybe have a competitive in the third quarter um, and then have them pull away in the fourth. But the sloppiness, I mean, I, I just can't get over how our defensive line was just he's continuously all night after that first drive, second drive, just getting mauled at the line of scrimmage. I mean, me, I, I know there's a significant talent gap, but I just it, it seems like we came out and gave all of our energy in the first drive and then just kind of fell flat after that. All right, Alex, thanks so much uh, for the call there. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think the defense was great, but I thought they were better than maybe um, – they're getting credit for right now. Uh, you can't take out the second quarter, but if you take out the second quarter, they were great. I mean, Ohio State scored 13 points the rest of the game, had 16 total yards in the first quarter. Michigan State did a lot of things uh, really well on defense that game. They had pretty much two plays that shifted the entire game, um, and both were mental mistakes. The the 60-yard touchdown and then the 62-yard touchdown run um, by Dobbins later. Uh, the first one, just uh, two guys sucking in on the run uh, and losing someone in coverage. Total mental mistake there, uh, a coverage breakdown. And then, um, you know, two guys filling the wrong gap and run fits, which is uncharacteristic for this team. And what should have been an eight-yard gain by Dobbins goes for 62 yards and a touchdown, and it's that's all she wrote. Um, they're too good to have breakdowns like that and it's happened twice in a row two weeks in a row where they've had some big breakdowns and that worries me a little bit um I still think based on ability they'll be fine they got beat up a little bit on the front in the run game um more than you would like but Ohio State does some things offensively where it puts it it really puts five on four in a blocking seam a lot and it puts your your defensive front in a huge bind. It puts your linebackers in a huge bind. It's really hard to stop the run against them. It'll be much easier this week to stop the run against Wisconsin, even though Wisconsin's really good at it. They just go about it in a different way, and the, the run option from the quarterback isn't there, and the pass threat isn't nearly, nearly as dangerous as it is with Ohio State. So it's just a tough offense to play against, and... Uh, I thought they weren't great, but I thought they were okay and really good at different times in that game. Let's uh, play our next voicemail. Hi, this is Nick. Uh, I just wanted to point out what my thoughts are on the game. I think that I they showed promise tonight. I didn't think that they could beat Ohio State, especially since it was a night game there and it wasn't raining. Um, so I wasn't expecting a win tonight. But I feel like there was promise. I feel like Lewerke played well. I feel like there weren't big coaching mistakes. Obviously, the Wildcat call was kind of crazy. But I think there's a chance that this team could either either win out or they will lose at Wisconsin next week and then win out. All right, thanks for the voicemail there. Yeah, like I said uh, last segment, I think – they could um, certainly win out. They have the ability to, and they could lose to Wisconsin and win out. I think they're going to be in every single game the rest of the year. Um, it's tough for me to have a ton of confidence that the sloppiness isn't going to rear its ugly head and that that's not going to be what undoes them, that they're playing with Wisconsin or beating Wisconsin. And then they have some bad moments. They do some things that are just 
uh, unforced errors, and they end up losing a game that they very well should have won. And I'm at the point now where I need it to kind of be proven to me before I'm ready to sort of buy back in on them uh, winning every game this season or at least having clean games to, to finish out the season here. All right, next voicemail. So looking at the schedules, us and Ohio State are very similar. Could we possibly have a chance against people on the ranked teams looking past us and more toward Ohio State that could give us a chance to win the Big Ten? Like your opinion on that. Hope to hear your answer. Take it easy. Bye. Uh, so that person didn't leave their name. So whoever you are, thank you for the voicemail. Um, no, I, I think Michigan State is beyond being overlooked at this point, just in terms of what they've accomplished, what they're going to be able to do. And if you watch the film of Michigan State, you can see like there's some really good players on this team. They do a bunch of really good stuff. They're not a tra- They're not anybody's trap game. Um, I don't. I think a team would be incredibly foolish to overlook Michigan State. And again, this could be a nine-win team uh, by season's end. And you know, they're just not. I, I don't think they're going to be overlooked. I think a team's going to turn on the film and be like, yeah, if they bring it, they're going to really uh, cause some problems with us. Um, so they're, they're, they're a tough test for anybody. You know, maybe, I don't know, someone looks a little bit ahead to Ohio State, but, you know, Michigan State is not really a, a, a trap game team, I would say. All right, one more voicemail. Hi, Will. This is Cam from Detroit. Um, just a few thoughts going forward right now. Um, so that got so bad towards the end there that an ex-girlfriend who grew up in Ohio decided to text me just just to gloat about that football game, which was great. But um, I don't really understand, to be completely frank, how our defense managed to um, kind of crap the bed. I kind of thought for most of last year that nobody was expecting Michigan State's defense to be that good. So a lot of teams looked past it, and that's why it was so good. And this year I was super concerned coming, in for, coming into the beginning of the season that we had a whole year of film to uh, figure that out, plus a secondary that had a couple of drafts, people leaving the draft. So I was very confused, and the fact that we couldn't stop the run, uh, it really just made me realize that how much of a wasted year last year was when an average offense could have gotten to Indy in 2018, and uh, Ohio State was down, Michigan was very overrated, and the rest of the conference was its usual self. And it's kind of bummed me out sitting there and watching this football game that uh, Ohio State is an absolute murder machine and they better go on and win a national title because if they lose to Maryland on some nonsense play like Purdue or Iowa the year before, it's going to make me even even more sad and um, I don't want it to happen. Thanks uh, so much, Cam, for the call there. I, it sucks about the, uh, the ex-girlfriend rubbing it in your face. She sounds like a jerk um, and I'm sorry you're, you're sad about this. Um, so I think... You need to, or we all need to take a step back and realize Michigan State just played maybe the best team in the country. It's either them or Alabama at this point. And holding them to 34 points, um, or having them score 34 points on you is how I'll say it, isn't some grand indictment of the defense. I thought there were spots where they could have been better. But had Michigan State's defense played really well the entire game, oh, I think Ohio State still gets to 24 or 28. Um, and be, the way the defense was put completely behind the eight ball multiple times early, um, 
I have a hard time going uh, coming out of that and saying the defense played really poorly. They weren't great. They were all right. Um, they did some really good things and limited an incredibly powerful attack for a while. And then Ohio State just got loose. They're going to get loose on every single team they play this year until they get to the college football playoff. Um, it's still a really good defense. It's still number six in SP+, plus, which is, again, forward projecting. Um, I think they're going to be able to bounce back against Wisconsin, who is a much better matchup for them. Doesn't do nearly the amount um, that Ohio State, uh, Ohio State does to put teams in a bind. Um, I think they're going to have games where they absolutely shut teams down like they did in the beginning of the season. And yeah, it's two performances in a row where they give up 30 plus. Um, but they held Ohio State way below their season average in scoring. Um, they were they were solid. They weren't great. Uh, they just ran into an absolute buzzsaw. And I don't think they're they're I, I not. This isn't a, a think thing. I know for a fact they're not going to play an offense like that again all season. Um, with that kind of running back, with that kind of line, with that kind of quarterback, and with those friggin' receivers, like that's uh that's an incredible offense and one of the top two or three offenses in all of college football. So. They uh they didn't play as well as I would hope they had, but they weren't terrible by any stretch of the imagination, despite giving up the points that they did. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, uh, we'll talk more specifics about this game. I'll scream about the Wildcat. Actually, I'm not going to scream about the Wildcat. We all know, right? What am I going to say? The Wildcat's bad. Of course it's bad. It's stupid. Uh, but there's plenty of things to talk about. I think Sheehan's going to be on. I'm going to hit him up here in a little bit and see if he wants to come on for tomorrow's show. So we'll do all that our usual uh, stick with him and just talk more about this game and try to pull some positives out of it, out of it because there are things that Michigan state did really well. I thought Brian Lewerke outside of the throw um, was really sharp in some different ways. So there's some positive stuff to take out of it. Um, and we'll try to eventually turn the page here as we move through the week and get prepared for Wisconsin because uh, don't get much of a break uh, after that game. Got to go right into the next one, which is also a crazy hard matchup. So we'll do that all week long here on Locked on Spartans. Ryan, do a rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We will see you tomorrow.